Today's episode is brought to you by Cameo. If your organization is looking to adopt Chromebooks, but you need to give your people seamless access to all their apps, including Windows apps, Cameo is the simplest and most secure and most cost-effective way to deliver all the apps your people need to be productive on Chrome OS. Cameo is a Chrome Enterprise recommended virtualization solution and is deeply integrated with Chrome OS and the Google Admin Console, making it easy for you to push any app as a PWA to your Chromebooks. And now you can take advantage of a special Chrome OS and Cameo bundle that makes it easier than ever to test. If you're interested, you can head over to cameo.com forward slash unbox. That's C-A-M-E-Y-O dot com slash unbox or click the link down in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast. The official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Chromecast. My name is Joe Humphrey, and I am joined today by Gabriel Bringers. Good morning. And Robbie Payne. Hey, what's up, guys? Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whenever you're listening. And doesn't in case matter. I don't see you, good night. Good night. <laughs> we appreciate you tuning in wherever you are. Um, this, week was, uh, this week was a fun week for us. There was a lot of stuff going on. There were some phones I that showed like up. I feel like we are way more excited about what happened this week <laughs> than the rest of the world, and that makes no sense to me. Wait, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. I'm yeah. over the moon here. I know, I know, I know. Whatever. What are you talking about? I don't know. <laughs> the the <laughs> new Chromebook. <laughs> like, this is a big deal. Wait, what exactly was, were we excited this is about? Like, this is like when you go... I was just trying to act like I wasn't excited. <laughs> I remember when we went to the theaters and watched The Third Matrix. It's like, what well, that two of them came out in the same year. Yeah, I think it was like early part of the year and then the late part of the year. Yeah, I think so, that's what they did. But then the first one came out before that. So, like, we went to see the third one. It's like, this is like years in the making. We've been anticipating that. <laughs> we knew it was coming. And it's like, or, or like, you know, you're waiting for a Star Wars sequel or something. And we've been waiting for years for this yeah. to happen. And then it's just like, oh, hey, Acer did this thing. Three yeah. years to be precise. <laughs> I think part of it was. Um, just the the fact that um the way it was presented at the thing like we we got the device obviously beforehand you know so we had been tinkering with it for a couple days uh we'd made a video written a post we're ready to go to pull the trigger when the embargo lifted so we were watching the event kind of like cool like this is a big deal and they just kind of breeze through it it. over man because at the end of the day for general consumers most people like this is a it's like hey here's a here's a new thing and let's move on. Well, do do yeah. 
I think we maybe talked about this last week, but um, I, I can't remember. But I'd be curious, like listeners that are that are tuning in right now, like, do you care about a Snapdragon Chromebook? <laughs> like, are people tuned in to what what's happening with the seven C and how it transitioned from the eight forty five to this and why that matters and all that? like. I think for ner- like for us, I mean, I'm sure there's people that are listening that are interested, but I would say like the average out there, um, it's like, oh, cool, it's just going to be a thinner and lighter Chromebook, and it's going to have better battery. Yeah, because we <laughs> you know? we talked about that a little bit, uh, or maybe I did in the post or some along the line somewhere we've talked about that. That ultimately this thing just becomes um, a Chromebook that does a lot of things better. Yeah. Exactly, um, yeah. than, than previous Chromebooks. And it can only do so because of the chipset inside of it. But that's kind of where the conversation ends for a lot of people. So they walk into a Best Buy less and less. And I, maybe that was an internal conversation or maybe we were having this conversation here where we were talking yeah, about we like, it doesn't matter what chip. People aren't walking in and being like, I want the latest ARM-powered Chromebook. Like they it, oh, we did talk, it was we did the talk about Chromecast last, last week. We talked about it last you week. Because you were talking at length about yes. the ARM stuff. Yes, because you had just written your ARM yes. article, novella. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so, yes, the, so that was. <laughs> Soliloquy. <yes. laughs> wrote, a, wrote a small book. <laughs> and so, you know, that, that whole thing translated. I mean, exactly what we talked about last week came to pass basically in this as we watched this event happen and they were like here's our new chromebook also enterprise great battery life okay next thing and it's just like like you just glossed over all the parts that make this important you know it's not that arm chromebooks are new to the game we talked about this already they're not they've been around for as almost as long as chromebooks have been on the market we've had arm Right, you know, but slice it however it you want. There's a difference between saying, oh, I've got an ARM device and saying, oh, I have a Qualcomm Snapdragon device. Uh-huh. So it, Big difference. Yeah, and there's no, I don't know, there's no way to compare it to x86. Like, imagine if there was like a random chip maker out there, not Intel, not AMD, that no one had ever really heard about. I don't think there are. There yeah, might be. There's that one know. weird China, one in China. I don't want to say a weird A lot of Chinese, people probably don't the know. Weird, the one in China that is... They're actually leading Intel, so they're they're putting out chips that are actually better and more competitive than Intel. They just don't have the market. They no can't money. get the, yeah. They can't get them out into the U.S. market yeah. and stuff. So well, but we'll call that chip maker White Table. <laughs> and so White Table, I have to find it now. Uh, yeah. Puts out some chips and Chromebooks run them, but they don't have the technology to make good enough chips. They're x86, but they're not good and. It would be like the the day that Intel came to the party, and we're like, "Oh, Intel!" Like all I get on all my other stuff, and I think that's that's the part of it. Like Abe said, that's more important here. It's not just ARM; it's Snapdragon, it's Qualcomm, it's this it's, name, this marketing that people understand and know. Like, I mean, even like the average person who's into Android phones they probably, probably knows know, Snapdragon. Yeah, they know to look for a Snapdragon chip, and and you're going to be okay. Like, it's getting like Intel, where there's multiple lanes of chips, and so they're like. Is it Snapdragon? Sure. Uh, yeah, like it's Google the, even did. It's the 765G the, Q The plus. pixels <laughs> are advertised. Qualcomm Snapdragon oh, processors. It doesn't say which ones they are. Um, I'm, I'm going to say this wrong, and I'm sorry. It, it, I believe you it's... You can't even try. No, I believe it's Xiaojin, I think is how okay. it's... Or Xiaojin, maybe. But it's cool. But their name means million core. Oh, how that's cool dope. Is that? You That's should cool. know that. You've been to China. Yeah. Yeah. Once. You should know this. <laughs> Why don't you remember well, the you entire know the language? language? <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, I mean, 
if we could liken it to what was it called again? Zhao Zhen. Zhao Zhen. Zhao Zhen. So is that by the way, they are they are about to launch a seven nanometer chip. Oh okay. my gosh! X eighty six. Yeah, and Intel That's can't figure dope. out how to get it out the door. So <laughs> still struggling got, with ten, bro. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Can't, can't they can't get over the ten? So that's not a good. I guess that's not a good metaphor either, because apparently they're technologically getting ahead of Intel. So I'm trying to imagine if there was a, a chip maker that made x86 chips that was three or four years behind in yeah. tech, and then all of a sudden Intel came to the party. It would be a big deal because people know the name from their other hardware. So for us, it's a big deal. I think for consumers, it's going to be a big deal. It's interesting to see how downplayed it was. Uh, at the at yeah, the press event, it literally was. I almost missed it. I had it on. It in, was in maybe my house. two minutes, maybe. Yeah, because she minutes. had two devices in front of her transition quick. Because in my mind, I'm thinking you should lead out with, "Hey, we're announcing the world's first ever Snapdragon Chromebook," and it wasn't that at no, all. It was five thirteen. Hey, we're blah, blah, blah. they're like it's connectivity and battery power and blah blah blah, which all those things are because of Snapdragon, but they didn't focus on that. It's like, oh, it's this, this, and this because everyone's on the go. Which what that's what everyone's saying. That's what Project right. Athena is saying. That's what uh, Intel Y processors are saying, and that's great. Been, but it's Chromebooks like, have been doing it for a while. They're like, <laughs> so we're proud to announce our Acer five fifteen. Oh, and here's this other new thing that we have, and it's like... Was it the Spin 13? Is that the, the, the other one? Swift 7 Swift. 3... Swift. Yeah, was it the Porsche? The Porsche was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, That one was cool. Wow. Um, but, but yeah, they kind of breezed over it, for sure. It's fine. At the end of the day. It's all fine. Yeah, I mean, marketing will dictate a lot of this stuff as far as how um, important it becomes. But for us, like outlets like us, we get to tell people why this is important exactly yeah, when you look exactly. around that exactly. day i mean everybody had that press release and, and everybody yeah. ran a specific piece like when i say everybody like most news outlets did did do a specific piece so even the virgin and gadget wrote at least a few paragraphs first snapdragon qualcomm power or qualcomm snapdragon powered chromebook is is here kind of you know it's not really going to be here till february but um you know they they all covered this in some way so th- I, to me that's important enough like Everybody else in the tech sphere gets it, gets that it's Consumers important. Yeah, because I saw, I, yeah, I have Chromebook alerts on my phone, and it was covered, just like the Parallels thing. It's being covered by yeah, every, everybody. I mean, like the Jerusalem Post, things that, stuff that don't, they don't normally cover, just run-of-the-mill tech stuff. So it is a big deal. It just felt so underwhelming to us. But on the flip side of that, this all points to what we've been talking about of this ambiguous ecosystem where consumers don't really care. So right now it is a big deal and we want it to be a big deal. And we want to tell people why it's a big deal, but it's also a big deal because this means five years from now, it won't matter. You walk in and you get yeah. the Chromebook that you want. And it doesn't matter if it's X86, if it's arm, if it's this, if that's whatever, because developers are finally starting to see the benefit of designing software and web apps and all these other things that work well on Chrome OS, regardless of what's going on, under the hood. Yep. So. Well, and once you get all of the stuff under the hood taken care of, then teams can focus on creating a device like, you know, the Duet or something or, or, or something more innovative, something more futuristic or, or just a um, a better designed clamshell. You know, they, 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 they can spend more time focusing on this, those things and not have to worry about the, the processor, right? And, and, right. And, and they can 
they can fit the right processor with the device that they build because they're just going to work right, right based on yeah. based on the goals that they're trying exactly to set. like so, what that what that device needs to do you know, so are then you, are you so, worried about portability right. connectivity and battery right. life is that most important well then take a performance hit and put an arm chip right. in there but the door that gets opened with the snapdragon 7c that you know only again only people like us probably people listening to this podcast honestly are looking at and going ooh that's that's important the door that's getting opened here is the fact that we're going to get some mainstream qualcomm snapdragon chromebooks and as that happens and they work out those kinks and they figure things out and manufacturers see the benefit in this and see that it's something people like and people are taking advantage of and developers are on board and all that stuff once all those things start kind of congealing together that's when we start getting like the 8CX, um, the the chip that's powering Windows devices that, oh, by the way, is having to emulate basically all this x86 software to make it work. Manufacturers don't want to put those higher price chips in yet because they're waiting to see. What they're, happens? They're like, okay, let's see how this ARM thing works out. Let's see how it goes. And, you know, we're going to talk about something here in a minute that already to me is a very bright light of like... Pointing towards what's going to happen. We're now. seeing it. We're seeing developers going, okay... Chromebooks have my attention now. But in our interview we just had back in the summer with... Um, um, John? John, yeah, from Molitos, Google. Yeah. Um, when we had that interview, uh, he even told us that daily, honestly, he has conversations with developers that don't even know that their app is being used on Chromebooks. Right. Like, that seems completely unrealistic to me, but... It's he see he, he was very confident in saying like it's it's still a big issue gap. it's still a massive gap. gap that it's not just that developers are turning uh, turning away from Chromebooks and going ah, I don't have time for that that sounds nice but I can't or we don't have the resources they don't even know like they're not even aware that people are opening their app and using it on a Chromebook and so as and a lot as, of times it looks like garbage right and, and <laughs> to be fair to the developer if they didn't even realize that was the case I mean. Part of that's on Google to get that in front of them better. Um, but part of that just will fix itself with more people using Chromebooks. Right. I mean, because as people start knowing, it's, when it becomes general knowledge that Chromebooks run Android apps. Can they, can they see, like, can developers see, do they have any data that shows them how many people are using their app on Chromebooks? Like, does I, I would, the Play I would Store, assume that developers have access to like that. Because the Play Store surely distinguishes those yeah. downloads, right? I, I, maybe. Uh, I would think. I don't know. Yeah, I don't but, know. But like we, you know, Google has launched the developer website. That what, what is the new the website Chrome ChromeOS.dev Chrome I don't know Chrome, Chrome ChromeOS.dev yeah, awesome. So I mean, it looks incredible, and it, it, the tools are all there. But like Robbie said, it's a matter of getting it in front of developers and honestly as big as google is no amount of marketing is going to do that it takes the industry as a whole to shift that direction you know right apple can get up and say whatever they want because they have their user base so they can kind of move their market the direction that they want to chrome OS is still in a place where it's going to take a a, a, it's going to take the hardware manufacturers moving that direction and having more widely available devices in different form factors, different price right. ranges, all that. And like Robbie said, at the end of the day, it's just going to be about having a larger user base. Yeah. And then the developers, I don't want to say they'll have to take notice, but they'll want to take notice. So they'll be right. like, hey. It's, it's a big user base people, they can you know, take advantage of. You know, I mean, developer gets 50 emails in one week saying, hey, your app works like garbage on my Chromebook. 
they might notice and say, Hey, maybe we need to code this thing differently. Yeah. Right. And, and the tools are there. Um, it, it isn't, I think Google's doing a better job over the last couple of years of creating the right tools. The pathways are there, you know, the, the opportunities are there for, for developers to take advantage. So it's taking less and less resources. Like a couple of years ago, you know, it used to be like, Hey, this is probably going to be a decently heavy lift for your team to build this application the right way to work on Chromebooks. Right. I get it. I get you just being like, Hey, there's not that many people using Chromebooks. I'm not bothering with this. Well, that argument is going away as more and more Chromebook adoption comes along. And Google's making the pathway for you to make that happen way simpler. So both of those things are converging to making this just less of a headache for developers. Right. So now it's just about awareness. And that's that's the part about, you know, this summer when we had that conversation with John, like I did not realize. I just I freely assumed it was either, you know, one of two scenarios. The developer wasn't interested or they didn't have the time or ability to fix their app for Chromebooks. And that was it. Like we we want to, we just don't have the time or I just don't care about that. Like it's one of the two things, but there's a third option. They didn't even know it was a thing, you know, and that's, that's crazy to me. But as more developers understand like, Hey, here's a whole audience of people you're missing out on. And frankly, a, a, a well-coded, uh, clean way to get your app in front of people. Like you don't, yeah, there's multiple processors, but it's way less variation than you see on Android as a whole. I mean, think of the number of manufacturers oh, and chipsets and phones and screen sizes and all that stuff that exists on the phone side. On the Chromebook side, it is at least a little bit more manageable um, as far as the variations you've got to deal with. And so, I mean, I, it feels like things are moving in the right direction. Um, but ultimately, it's going to take everything kind of working together. So right. it's a chicken egg kind of thing, you know we've been waiting on proper arm devices and it's no knock to the Lenovo duet or any of the media tech devices that have come before, but those are years old chips that yeah. were clearly put in there for price saving. You know, that, that was the, the point we're going to see what the least we can put in here to get away with it. And, and it, the and duet it, is kind of falls into that. I mean, yeah. it's not a fast device and it wasn't really advertised at all. Like at least, at least Snapdragon made it into the keynote for this one, right? For the, for the five thirteen. Yeah, so so if you think about it, um, you know, I think this is a the, a step in the right direction. We know that there's at least four or five more Chromebooks. Uh, the 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 Acer is Lazor. If you keep up with all the the, the upcoming so Chromebooks and stuff like che that, was it Cheza? Cheza was the OG. So that was right. a Snapdragon eight forty five. That was the first Snapdragon. And that one trans as they worked on it more. The seven C came yeah, and they so changed this evolved it. to the compute chip. You know? Yeah, okay. so Cheza still gets worked on because ultimately, you know. The compute chips, some of that's just fancy marketing yeah. terminology. They're the 700 line, basically. So the you know the 7, uh, 65. 65 and the 730 that you're seeing in phones that, that are out right now. It's it's similar architecture to those things. So with Cheza being an 845 chip, like Snapdragon runs on ARM cores. ARM cores, yes, they get faster and better. But they, they don't change drastically uh, as each year goes by. So the work that they're doing to implement very specific things and simple things that they did on Cheza, they can upstream that stuff and exactly, still use yeah, it. Yeah. And yeah. So you still see development on the Cheza board, even though it's a Snapdragon 845 phone processor. There's still stuff that translates, quite a bit of it, I would assume. Um, so the, the 7C and 8C are, are the ones they brought out last year, last December, at the Snapdragon summit yeah. i think is what they call it and okay. you know and that and that at that thing it's kind of when they finally said they'd messed with that the eight 
something. I don't remember what they called it for Windows that they'd been using for a little bit. They had a, a specific model. And there then was they did a something else. 55, wasn't it? Was it the 855? But it was eight. It, they had a different model yeah. number. And then they decided to go with 8X or something. I don't remember. They were kind of jostled around. Was that the around. one in Hawaii? Yeah. So they always have that in Hawaii. Mahalo. In December. <laughs> Aloha. Oh, yeah. Mahalo. Every, yeah. Oh, it's cringy. So Super cheesy. cringy. So um, Find it. Watch it. Yeah. It'll probably be the same this year. You're welcome. There just won't be any people <laughs> in the audience, but nobody really reacted anyway. Oh, so. man. Anyway, um, so that last year, yeah, they defined it and said, hey, look, we're doing 7C. They say 8, 7CX a lot of times because yeah. it's going to be 7C and then maybe a number or another letter or something like that. But it's. I don't think they're going to change the model numbers. So we're not going to do like the 765 and 775 and 785 and 865 and all that stuff. I think it's just going to be the 7C this year's model of the 7C, you know, um, I could be wrong. I uh, could end up, they could end up slapping more numbers on there. I'm not sure, but like the, the new ones that just came out for windows are still eight CX, you know, yeah. it's just saying, Hey, look, this is the latest generation of the eight C. Um, and so that's more in the line with the 800 level processors, like you see in the big flagships right now. It's 865, 865 plus, 875 that'll be coming out in the spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the 700 processors are the ones that are pared down a little bit, but are getting way better on things like the Nord, uh, Pixel Five, those kind of phones. 4A5G that I'm using is awesome. Uh, you know, and it's they're speedy enough, and that's the kind of architecture we're talking about moving into Chromebooks. And I think that's the right move to start with. Right. Uh, I think it's going to provide. You know, our, our Acer, uh, we're going to do a little bit more in-depth stuff that we can we can probably talk about kind of behind, behind closed doors uh, for our patrons. Uh, again, it feels like a shameless plug, but, you know, if you're not on Patreon, uh, cool community. You need to go yeah, check it out. <laughs> we, we, did, we get to do some little in-depth stuff there, and, yeah. it's, and it's fun. But uh, what I can say is that the, the Acer was too buggy for us to test a lot right. of stuff on. It's just, I mean, we're... Super early. Right, so and October, this is... November, yeah. December, January... We're about four months out right. from this and thing this launching. Is, this is what's important because it'd be, I mean, it'd be great if it had the 8C in it. But honestly, this processor is more than enough to make it a formidable, budget-friendly device. Because right. the starting price is what? 399 Yeah, without LTE. But I mean, yeah, still. 464 it's going yeah. to get 14, 18 hours of battery you, life. Yeah, because you look crazy. at the Duet at 299 uh, Yeah, 299 it's a good deal. The 128 version, you can't go wrong. It's on sale right now for 270, and that's that's crazy. That's a great price for that tablet. But you're talking 399 for way better performance. Acer and all these other companies need to focus on making sure the software and the processor are working seamlessly together. Yeah, and then focus on your hardware. Right. Because that, yeah, what yeah. we saw with the first, what was it, the ASUS, the Nova Go, that yeah. device was beautiful. It was yeah. a great looking device. The software was buggy, and it wasn't just the whole ARM emulating. Like, nothing on the device worked well. The battery yeah. life was nowhere near what they reported. Nothing about that device was great. Very little about it was good other than the design. They need to focus on making a good, solid device that doesn't have to blow anyone's socks off because that's what's going to be the difference between – because Qualcomm, first three or four devices come out, and they're garbage – and people don't like them, and reviewers tear them apart, Qualcomm could be like, this is why we didn't want to join Chrome OS in the first place, and now they're gone. And yeah. that's what we don't want. Absolutely. No, because so. and they're going to face stiff competition uh, at the beginning of the year because MediaTek's already said, we have a 6 nanometer chip, yeah. the 8195. Yeah. We've been tracking, I think it's 8192. Um, that's all I'm not, yeah, I'm fairly certain they're the same thing, but those they've said 
those Chromebooks are going to be out quarter one, right? I think that's what I they said. So, I have to go back yeah. look at the article. I'm pretty sure Q1. So right around the same time, we're going to see these because this is the first Snapdragon Chromebook that's like shown up, and it clearly needs some more baking uh, from a software perspective. It is it is underdone, um, and that's <laughs> gooey on the inside. Yeah, it's, it's still, and if you like your cookies like that, then well, yeah, it's raw cookie dough, and there's eggs in there. You shouldn't eat that. <clears throat> what? <laughs> But it I do like good. I do like cookies a little gooey. Anyway, I used to eat cookie dough. Just bad raw. metaphor. It broke down. It I was going to make some fresh aioli the other day to for something we were eating at home, and I looked at my wife and said, "Do you have a problem with eating aioli?" And she's like, "No, why?" I said, "Well, it's made out of raw eggs." And she's like, "Why?" Well, I didn't have a problem until you said that. Well, now I like, do. Well, that stinks. Because yes, if <laughs> you eat delicious. fresh aioli, is made out of eggs, and it's not good. So yeah. Anywho, anyway, <laughs> let's talk more about the Acer real quick before we so, take a break. <laughs> so yeah, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, so it's just kind of underdone yeah. and software. By the time great. it shows up, I guarantee you, it's it's not like anyone else is going to beat them to market. I don't think. I, I could be wrong, but it seems very. I honestly very, hope not because I don't want to see other devices come out and be half baked either. Because yeah. I feel like with the length of development of the new MediaTek, if they launch a device in January, it's probably going to be. Hinky. Maybe. I don't know. See, I think MediaTek, because we've had MediaTek Chromebooks for a while. That's true. And we've had two generations already. Yeah. Like the current gen MediaTek is pretty solid. That's for true what it is. because MediaTek's been a part of the Chromium repositories for half a decade, yep. and Qualcomm just actually longer than that. And we're again. I keep alluding to what we're going to talk about here in a minute with with ARM powered Chromebooks, specifically the Lenovo Duet. Like we're already starting to see some things that are being done and fixed and and made good for this honestly really slow underperforming processor. Right. Um, and so we're seeing some attention being given to it specifically. So whereas Snapdragon still is at the point where it's, you know, like the baby giraffe trying to wobble and trying to figure out how to walk MediaTek's over here, just like gliding. Yeah. And so if they can take what they've already put in place and just translate it to this six nanometer chip that by all looks of it is like flagship level arm chip, you know, MediaTek is not where, Qualcomm is so the best thing that MediaTek makes is always going to be a step, a little step under probably what Qualcomm's at, uh, but they're even, catching up. Even if the nanometer's um, faster, yeah, the nanometer process just really honestly it doesn't help at this point. It doesn't help that much with performance. Uh, back when we were at you know forty nanometers and we jumped to like twenty eight, yeah, you got some performance gains okay. from that Jeez, because remember twenty eight nanometer. Uh, uh, this, I want to say this thing is. No, the MediaTek before it was 28 yeah. nanometers. Um, and, and so, like, I think this one's still 16 or something or whatever. But the whole point is, like, as the nanometers are getting small, we're going from, you know, a, a 14 nanometer to a 10 nanometer to a 6, you know, the percentage of how much you're, you're yeah. cutting down there. Yeah. The percentages are fine, but the actual physical length of that, of that, uh, of that die is not shrinking that much anymore. Right. Um, so... It will be better on battery. I mean, the smaller the nanometer, the better it is on battery. Slight, slightly better on on uh, performance. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it's a, it's about that battery life and, and keeping the heat dissipation down. Right. Like it doesn't, it just won't get as warm. So it's it's a benefit in all ways. But because it's their six nanometer process, it's one of their newer chips, and that's the bigger thing. Is it's getting the better cores from ARM. Yeah. So each year, ARM comes out with their new cores, and people like MediaTek or Qualcomm choose to use them or not, and so. If it's a six nanometer process, that tells me it's one of their newer sets of cores. So 
it's going to be fast. Uh, and it's going to, it's honestly, it's going to be a lot faster than the seven C. Um, it just is from a, just a sheer hardware perspective. Um, and again, they've got years of, of Chromebook usage to go off of. They've been doing this for a little while with Chrome OS. And so, I mean, I, Snapdragon is going to face some serious competition. So I agree 100% with Gabe that when they show up, take an extra month or two if you need to. You know, when you show up, you better show up. Yeah, Don't we've show waited up and, this long. Yeah, make, seriously. Do it right. You've, yeah. you've drug on for over three years by the time this thing hits the market. Uh, you've taken your time. And that just goes to show, again, Snapdragon and Qualcomm as, as a company getting their chips in line and making sure the software and stuff is working and everything's fine. It's taken them three years from the start of this project. MediaTek has all that. That's already done for them. They've already done this, and they've already got real-world feedback over multiple devices and multiple different configurations and stuff. I think for right now, MediaTek is is going to be the front runner as far as ARM Chromebooks go. And a year ago, I would have thought, man, that's, that's a bad place for Chrome OS to be uh, because we need people with... I go walk out on the street right now. We live in a small town. Go ask a hundred people what MediaTek makes, and I guarantee you zero know the answer to that question. So nobody knows about MediaTek or what they do. Um, they, you may out of a thousand around here get one person that knows what Helios processors are, who makes those. Uh, but in general, they just don't have the the brand awareness that right. a Qualcomm Snapdragon does because people have just heard it and they've seen it on stuff, and so. Um, a year ago, I would have said that Qualcomm or MediaTek being the front runner is that's problematic for Chrome OS, and you know we need someone like you know Qualcomm to step in and and make proper ARM Chromebooks. But as it turns out, you know MediaTek is catching up in the in the race, you know in the arms race. <laughs> um, wow! Yeah, that was that was cooking in there for a minute. Um, <laughs> but, but they. Uh, They've come a long way. A couple years. They, and, I mean, obviously Qualcomm has so much experience under their belt in the mobile market. Oh but yeah. If MediaTek continues to forge forward, they very well could be the Chrome OS version of Qualcomm. Not that Qualcomm can't succeed in Chrome OS, but MediaTek could yeah, could I mean, be just as big, if not bigger, than Qualcomm is. Because I don't know, I, I don't know how much how much time and resource is Qualcomm going to continue to commit to this. Or are they just going to hone it down and be like, okay, we'll refresh a new chip every eighteen I mean, when months? When you start looking at their bottom line and where they make their money, it's just not on laptops right now. No. I mean, and that's clear. They have fifty different you know mobile processors for phones. They got two for Windows, and right now one for Chrome OS, and eventually hopefully Yeah, and let's be honest, MediaTek and Qualcomm both make a ton of money off of uh, smaller IoT silicon than they do. Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of money involved in making these flagship processors. Yeah, so So, I mean, it's going to be interesting, and it it comes down to, like, I don't know, it's hard to find information on chipset prices, for instance. Like, what is MediaTek's latest chip? How much does that thing cost to go and buy it? Because, like, you can't just go to Walmart and go buy a MediaTek. 8195 chip like it's not a thing so you know i've i've tried looking them up to try to figure out like what is what's the price on a qualcomm snapdragon processor and i 
can't find hard data. It's not like you can just go no, to Amazon all, and go yeah, buy them because the only people buying them are manufacturers, manufacturers that are buying them in bulk and, and, and they soldering have, them onto have, a motherboard. Yeah, and they have prearranged agreements of, hey, we're making this chip. It does this, and they're like, okay, well, we need one hundred and fifty thousand of them. What are you going to sell them to it for? Right. And that's all. But my guess would be that MediaTek probably sells their chips at a little bit cheaper rate. Qualcomm, Qualcomm's premium, so they can charge that premium. Their their prices have gone up drastically in the last couple of years. The 865 is, I want to say, their most expensive chip by far ever. I want to say by like almost like 100 bucks. And they're saying they're tracking the 875 will do the same. That's why manufacturers are pushing towards the 700 series of chips. And it almost feels like Qualcomm's pushing them that way. Like, we're going to keep just going haywire with our top-end chip and, and make this thing just like bonkers amazing. But it's only going to be for the – your your $1,000 flagships are going to be just that. Like, that, if you want breakneck speed, you're going to have to pay a lot of money because our chips are so dang expensive. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, with all that said, Google looks to be making their own silicon uh, – Apparently, uh, Samsung, which never, I still don't understand how Samsung doesn't have the best processors. In, in they they manufacture Apple's A series chips. Like why? Can't and you and you they just manufacture the the bulk of the upcoming Qualcomm Snapdragon chips. Like, but I guess it's I have no idea how that works. Like, there's got to be trade stuff, and here's how we want this built. Like, they're just doing the they may not doing the know, dummy they may not actually know the internal. But it seems you like they would have to, to in order right? to make it. How do you make it without not know. knowing? Very well could be we need you to produce this. Here's what it is. And if you put out a chip that has this, this, and this, this in it, yeah. we're going to sue your pants off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's I probably more realistic goes. of what it is. Yeah. But, it, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, Samsung apparently is getting ready to launch uh, their latest Exynos chip. And it apparently is going to give Apple and Qualcomm a run for their money. And MediaTek, again, is, is putting out great chips. So I think we're getting ready to see arm chips change a little bit for the better like qualcomm has had too much of a grip uh on on the industry and i think i know that they are they're pushing their 700 series so that we can see devices like pixel 5s and 4a5gs and nords and all that stuff like that's part of the reason my bet would be that part of that as people just start detaching from the need to have, I need the latest Qualcomm Snapdragon processor mm -hmm. to just like, Oh, I can just have that processor. So as long as it's whatever processor, it doesn't matter that much. Like does this, does this start to create mindshare issues where people are just okay with, okay. I'll, oh, that has the latest media tech processor. Okay. Fine. Doesn't matter. You know? Oh, this has Google's silicon in it. Cool. It's Apple's A series chip. All right. It's a snap Samsung Exynos. Oh, okay. I don't know. A lot of it comes down to uh, modem technology and, you know, Qualcomm was very smart years ago and figured out, Hey, if we start integrating really tightly our LTE and our 3G and our 4G and now 5G yeah. modems into our chipsets, it gives us a stranglehold yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because it all comes along for the ride. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, I don't know that Samsung and MediaTek and those can, can compete with that uh, from a from a technology standpoint to a supply and demand standpoint to, you know, manufacturing to all of that stuff. I don't I don't know that they can stand up to Qualcomm in that, in that regard. And that may be why, what Gabe said earlier, like, MediaTek could become the de facto ARM chip for Chromebooks. Like... They're, they obviously have good relationships with Chromebook manufacturers already. Chromebook manufacturers are taking advantage of these devices. Uh, you know, you could see them kind of swoop in and say, hey, if 
if arm chips are going to become the normal, and by that I mean, you know, devices that are fanless, that are thin, that are light, that have insane battery life and work way better with Android apps than anything else. If those things start becoming the normal and that's what people are looking for, why not MediaTek? Right, because what, what was, wasn't it MediaTek that was at that obscure meeting a few weeks back and it was MediaTek, Google, and... That's where they announced that six nanometer. Yeah, there was process. one, wasn't there one OEM there maybe? I think Acer was part yeah, of it. Yeah, Acer, Acer Google, right. and MediaTek apparently had a big meeting overseas and it's like, okay, well, Google, not that they don't want Qualcomm in here, but it's obvious that the the, the partnership between Chrome OS and MediaTek oh, it's is expansive strong. right now. It's strong and it's, and Google, and it's, or got, Acer, it's got legs. Yeah, Acer years. has a, a a new a Spin three eleven that has the same processor as the Duet, and I would I would bet that the first eighty one, what eighty one eight one nine five. Yeah, there you go nine five nine two nine two three whatever it is, <laughs> is going to be an Acer device. Probably I'm pulling this up real quick. Uh, so this was, gosh, that felt like it was longer ago. That was September eleventh. Um, yeah. I mean, it's who else was there? Let's see. Here we go. Brought together Quanta, Acer, MediaTek, yeah. Google. Quanta is one of eight. I mean, they produce for a lot of companies, but they produce a huge amount of devices, especially Chromebooks for um, Acer. And I think they've produced for Google before, maybe. So that could be an interesting thing, too, yeah. if you start thinking about it. So you have Acer bringing the first Snapdragon Chromebook, and clearly Acer is working pretty closely. Acer and Quanta both with MediaTek and Google on what I would guess. Right now, we're only tracking two of these new MediaTek's. Um, yeah. Acerata and Hayato, I think is the other board name. Uh, sure. <laughs> but if, if Kukui, which is the one that spawned the Lenovo Chromebook Duet, is any indicator. Like, they worked on Kukui for a while, and then all of a sudden it was like... Pfft. Here comes a bunch of, you know, offshoot devices. So, you know, Acerata could could be in development for a bit until they get it down and, and are ready, and then they just kind of start replicating uh, from there. But if those, that, that group are the people that um, are working on this and part of this little meeting and announcement, seems like it would make sense that Acer would probably put out a MediaTek 8195 chip yeah. powered Chromebook too would be really interesting to see them put out one of each yeah. or what if the 513 just has a, your choice of processor in it or something i don't know yeah that's that's really interesting i, I, I forgot acer was part of that yeah because they did wait what was the r13 was r13 was mediatek mediatek was the first 81 so 83 chip because they had the 8173 before that no, Which is the this? R13 was 8173. 8173, that's right. Yeah. This is 8183. Yeah, Duet was the first octa-core. Yeah. So, that is interesting. I mean, I can't imagine that they're abandoning their relationship with MediaTek, so maybe maybe they just wanted to be the first out of the gate with a Qualcomm, but they're going to keep Doing pursuing yeah. MediaTek stuff. So. Yeah, it's I can't, a, I can't they sell see like, them They're the largest PC maker in the world. Yeah. They're obviously not exclusive. No, you know, no way. So. No way. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes here. I mean, and Lenovo's selling Linux Chromebooks on their website yeah. now. It's, or Linux, Linux Chromebooks, Linux laptops now to <laughs> Linux consumers. Chromebooks. So Linux are Chrome, Chromebooks yeah. are Linux. Yeah, I kind of forgot about yeah. this. I'm, I'm reading a quote from what I wrote here. Uh, media, <laughs> I forgot I wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> MediaTek is aiming to launch a new processor in the MT8195 that's made especially with Chromebooks in mind, according to Gizmo China's the 
company that apparently was the only one there at this press conference. Yeah. Um, these chips are said by MediaTek to quote be similar to Apple's upcoming ARM-based processors for MacBook. Wow. I, and I, I said after that, probably want to pump the brakes on the whole Apple A series <laughs> chip. Let's take a <laughs> step back. Like, but to, for them to even be thinking about positioning it, it alongside Apple's processors, yeah. I mean, that's it's hard to tell whether they meant that in the like, hey, it's going to perform similarly, or if it's just like, hey, MacBooks are going to be on ARM processors. This is also an right. ARM processor. But I, I, I was know. reading on uh, when I when I did the original article on that. Whatever me, when MediaTek announced their next generation of chips, what are they called? They, there's a name for them. I can, yeah, I'll, I'll have to look it like up. Like some MT1000 or something. Yeah, but they, they have a, but, a brand name. But on yeah, them. it's it 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 kind of feels a little bit like the Bionic chips because they're they're super powerful. Deep AI integration, all the five G, all of that stuff is is built into this chip. So, is it going to be comparable to an Apple chip? I'd say probably not. But they're exploring a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. So it's going to be light years beyond what we've seen in previous ARM based Chromebooks. So yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Like I said, a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, and at the end of the day. You know, like we like we kind of said in the very beginning of all this, to bring this back full circle here. At the end of the day, if if you go into a store and you just want a nice, thin, light, still nice and decently powerful, and insane battery, and you have all these options yeah. now, you can go get you know. And and at the end of the day, if you don't if you don't really care about getting the Snapdragon, if you just go in and you end up buying a MediaTek, but it's to that level. I mean, all of this competition is just going to make it better for consumers. What was the uh, uh, Acer, the other device they announced? Was it the 8C that they said had like 28 hours of battery yeah, life? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's going to happen. That's going to happen. Imagine, yeah, I mean, like something like a little tablet or something. You you could, I mean, as long as they could pack a battery in there big enough. Right. Yeah, but I mean, but, think but, about but, all the weight you're losing from a keyboard all and all the other, that junk. So you can replace that with twice the size of a battery you right. normally would put. Boom. And these things are used to having 4,000 milliamp hour cells in a small cell phone. <laughs> yeah. So you can just, I don't know, throw a triple yeah. you know, of those. Just, no big deal. No yeah. one's going to bat an eye at a battery that's three times the size of a phone battery in, yeah, a, in lot a, of, a lot tablet. Of, yeah, a lot of Chromebook makers are going with dual battery setups now anyway. So, Boom. I mean. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting future for, uh, for Chrome OS and, and ARM processors. So, Stay tuned, folks. Uh, we're going to take a quick break for an ad, and we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service, and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord, N-O-R-D. Welcome back, everybody. We are going to talk about the thing now that Robbie has hinted at multiple times. If you were curious, you were listening and you were like, mm, man, what's, what's that thing? thing we talk about? What's that thing that he's going to talk about? And so we just published this morning uh, an article. Um, let's do the short version here. I don't because if I did the long version, we'll be talking until like one o'clock. <laughs> we got Jimmy Johns coming, man. We can't do that. So this is the twenty-minute version is gonna be the short version because well, we've talked about this stuff enough on here. Like I can just kind of make passing references, and people who are listeners of this show understand what's going on. We play the PUBG at lunch. 
daily, pretty much. I mean, Most sometimes days, yeah. golden since golden tea showed up. Every once yeah. in a while, golden tea yeah. takes. When payload mode disappeared for, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we got we got we salty. found other things to do. So. We also we, we even went and played Call of Duty for a little while. Yeah, we did. We we make our own lunch and we don't take a Sorry. lunch break. So this is our lunch break. Just yeah, so everyone we knows, we're not we're not being yeah, we're not totally like lazy. eating for an hour and then playing games for three yeah. hours most. Yeah. Days. <laughs> no, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes Fridays gets away from us, but, um, but yeah, in general, you know, uh, we, we like to play PUBG around the office, and, and even on the weekends. And you know, uh, I would say Gabe and I play more more than uh, Joe, um, especially like in the evenings or mm-hmm. on, on the weekends. But you know, if we can fit a match in here and there, we do. So that, that generally happens on uh, on phones. But I always want it to happen on a Chromebook. Yeah, I mean, we've tried and tried. Because yeah, I mean, Rob, Robbie used to play on an iPad. iPad because, Mini. Yeah, it just runs really well, and the iPad Mini is like the perfect size for oh, playing that type fantastic. of game. It and just it's is. Got so. that taller square aspect ratio. But once I started playing on phones with high uh, refresh rates, it kind of ruined that for me uh, because the the iPad still the older iPad is like sixteen hertz, hertz. Yeah. <laughs> and you can just tell it I mean, fifteen it's, hertz. <laughs> it's crazy when you you lose that that really high refresh smoothness, you know, and um, it's it's jarring to go back to it. Plus, I just didn't want to carry around um, you know the iPad all the time. I didn't want to feel like I I don't know I, I felt like I wasn't as good on my phone if I played on the iPad all the time. And so then when I only had my phone with me, I almost didn't want to play because I'm like. Uh, I'll wait till I get my iPad out. And so uh, I kind of made the transition uh, back when I did the whole gaming phone thing, the Asus uh, gaming phone thing. I, I just transitioned everything over to, to playing on, in general on my phone now. But that doesn't mean I still don't want to play on a Chromebook. Uh, you know, like the dream scenario to me is having a Chromebook, probably arm-powered Chromebook, like what we've been talking about this whole morning, that's fast enough to do my daily tasks, uh, that's probably somewhere around the size. I wouldn't mind like the. I, I think the uh, iPad Pro and the new iPad Air hit the sweet spot of portability and screen size. Um, I think the, the big one is ridiculous for a tablet, uh, but that I think it's like eleven point whatever two or I don't know what their size is now, but they do a three by two uh, aspect ratio, um, and their tablets aren't massive. They're, but they're not tiny either. Um, I think you know the the duet could could enjoy a, a half to an inch more of uh, diagonal screen measure uh, from a productivity standpoint. Like when I'm sitting at it with a keyboard, a couple things would benefit from that. One, they could make almost a full size keyboard in that space. I mean, you wouldn't have any room on either side, but you don't right now anyway. So, but on 11.6 inch Chromebooks, they tend to be able to cram in decent keyboards. Asus put in a pretty good keyboard with their 10 inch uh, Chromebook convertible, even though the bezels were massive. Uh, and that's a lot of times people get upset about bezels on Chromebooks, on small Chromebooks. Kind of Sometimes they're there to, to help your keyboard be a little bit bigger. Um, but so anyway, so I think it could benefit a, a device a little bit bigger um, with a much snappier ARM processor in it that lets me do my daily stuff. And all bugs included i was able to do a lot of stuff on that snapdragon uh, uh chromebook that acer let us borrow uh, again I, I gotta watch what i say and don't say about how it performed because i don't want it, to it it's going to be better <laughs> in four months but it already even with the bugs like it was pretty good like i had it extended to a display and you know it's it's knocking things out pretty well so I have high hopes that we'll have an ARM processor Chromebook that I can do my daily tasks on, docked it in, you know, whatever. But then I can take it and snap it off, 
and fire up games and play on it. Like that's that's I don't know why that's so intriguing to me, but that's super intriguing to me uh, for lunch to be able to just grab this and, and play. But that has just not been the case up to this point. Not, not like not even close. Um, for whatever reason, especially PUBG seems worse than a lot um, because PUBG has been PUBG Mobile specifically has been uh, available on Chromebooks for what three years. Yeah, or so. I remember Ish. it showing up. Remember it was in the Play Store, and like oh, I've got you, some. I, we I took a dope photo. Remember that one out there on the old yeah. table, and like and, and it was like we was were so excited because it was like, oh my god, in the Play Store top on your Chromebook, like PUBG, PUBG, like it's here. And so it was like, okay, it was a little janky at first, but cool. They they just got to work out the kinks, and then surely we're gonna get mouse and keyboard support because they're making it. You know, they're making sure it works on a Chromebook. Because if they didn't want it on a Chromebook, all they would have to do is just turn it off. You, you wouldn't be able to download it. That was in the naive time before we realized, oh, a lot of developers don't even recognize their device, their their app is out there being used on a Chromebook. I don't think that's the case necessarily with PUBG, but they have just not regarded Chrome OS too much. Um, it's always run a little bit better on ARM-powered devices than on Intel uh, x86-powered devices. On those devices, even really fast ones like the uh, Acer Spin 713 I use daily, if I launch PUBG on that, it is trash. I mean, it is garbage. I can't get above a standard HD. I can't go above just the high frame rate, which is not good. It's probably running at like 24 to 30 frames or something, so it's super choppy looking. Uh, if I turn on anti-aliasing, everything turns to these massive blocks because it's clearly not leveraging the GPU. It's terrible. It's a not it's not a playable experience. It's not fun. It looks like garbage. It's not worth your time. Yet, I still go and look all the time. I go and look and check and just see. Uh, let's just see. You know, PUBG got an update. Let me let me see what happens. And uh, it always lets me down every single time. And when this uh, Lenovo launched, I we remember we were at Vegas and I put PUBG on there. They were kind of like they were a little uncomfortable with what we were doing. And I was just like, <laughs> we're just always let me we're, see it. We're always those guys. Yeah. Like we're doing just, all the stuff that they're like, oh, 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 you can't you can't run those benchmarks. You can't I'm do like, that. I'm not running a benchmark. I just uh, want to see if it installs. I'm just checking something. I'm just checking something. Because at the end of the day, I'm like, well, it's ARM. You know, it's it's going to be better. And it wasn't great. Um, low frame rates again. I couldn't go up to higher settings. And and we see this on phones. Like PUBG clearly uh, makes some of the graphic settings only work if processor equals fill in blank. So even on like the 4A 5G, you can't do ultra frame rate even on the lowest graphic settings. So the 765G still has not been fully embraced by PUBG Mobile. And they've said that they're going to. Like they're going to really try to make things work well on that. But lo and behold... For some reason, I don't know why, just I saw one of our duets at home laying on the table, and I was like, eh, I'm going to fire up PUBG to see how it's doing. So fire it up, let it do all its updates and all that kind of stuff, and I go into the graphics just to see, and it lets me select HD, and then it lets me select HDR, which I usually only get on 800-level Snapdragon chips. I was like, oh, well, that's new. And then, oh, look, there's ultra frame rate there now as a selection. So I click it, lets me select that. And I was like, oh, my. Okay. So scroll down, turn on anti-aliasing, turn on shadows, and run the game. And while it it clearly, the, the processor and GPU inside this thing is a couple years old. I mean, it's not, this isn't latest greatest hardware. It probably wasn't latest greatest when it was introduced. It was a mid-range when it was new. Uh, totally playable. 
But then I clicked, I just happened this morning before I wrote the article, click down to smooth, which is one of their settings. It kind of, I think it removes shadows. Uh, you can still do anti-aliasing, but I clicked it down like, to smooth. Yeah. And then the, the extreme frame rate popped up and I was like, okay. So I click it and it's, it's buttery smooth on this thing. It's, like it's, completely playable. It's, it it's maybe better than, I think the it's 4A smoother 5G. than what it is on the 4A5G, yeah, which is the 765. Right. And so that's Oop. not to say that it won't <laughs> Don't be. Don't mind me. <laughs> it'll be that good on the 4A 5G once PUBG decides to turn attention towards that processor and fix whatever and make it, you know, included in the group, basically. That's right. how it and works. And it's probably, I'm not a developer from this perspective, it's probably a simple, not simple, it's probably a matter of allowing the game to, re- or allowing the game to recognize, to c- just connect the pipe that right. allows it to recognize, hey, this has this much hardware, it can do this. Right. Because in the past, that's always what it felt like. It felt like the games was just pinging the operating system and it's like, oh, it's this OS, it can't do these things. It had no idea. I mean, you load something up on a Core i7 16 gig of RAM computer, you just expect it to do whatever you want it to do. And it, it like, no. Yeah, and it, it clearly, it, it was pinging it and saying, oh, is is Chromebook, <laughs> is x86. Bad. Yeah, we're not, just, <laughs> no. Yeah. The options, we're not even going to open up the options for them to choose these things and to try it. So it's that's how PUBG has done their stuff, and that's fine. That's, you know, I, I, I kind of prefer, I would prefer, like, it to just say in the play store, like run those tests in the play store, not compatible with your device. Just don't let me install it. Like it's kind of a tease. Same thing with call of duty. Um, I can install it on X86 Chromebooks all day long. I click the button to run it. It launches the splash screen and quits every time all X86 Chromebooks, but that game runs like butter on the Lenovo Chromebook duet. Again, I think from a sheer coding standpoint, um, Call of Duty is is built far better than PUBG Mobile is. You know, it's just it's cleaner. Um, it runs on much lesser hardware, much better. Um, but the fact that I can I can run it on the Duet as well as I can, it, it's that's not surprising to me. I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Like that, it didn't shock me that I was able to to run it on here. But it just tells me that it's just a matter of it saying, oh, is is this processor like in the group? Yeah, sure. Let it go in. So if it's not, make it not available in the Play Store, and then we don't have to run into this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, with PUBG, you know, it's always kind of been this struggle. It's it's been a struggle of trying to figure out. Okay, it it installs on everything. X eighty six devices for some reason show up as emulators because you'll get the thing. You're running an emulator. You'll only be paired with emulator people, which is about ten people in the world. It seems like because you jump into matches and there's no one in there. Uh, it's impossible to get matched. That's not the case now with the Lenovo. So it's like it's in the in crowd there. It's got way more graphic settings now. And everything just feels like it should. It feels very much closer to the experience other than performance, like sheer performance, to the experience I got on my iPad mini. Like I can pick this thing up and I can play. The gyroscope is still the x-axis and y-axis are flipped. So moving the thing left and right actually turns me up and down and vice versa. So that's, that's something PUBG has got to get fixed. Um, but ultimately the reason this is all important, it's yeah. PUBG is great. We like PUBG enjoy it. And that's great. And one day I hope to be able to play PUBG with no, uh, well, but if, and well that, and you know, I just pick that thing up, launch PUBG and play, uh, without thinking about it. But until that day gets here, this is way more important from a perspective of, 
a massive developer. I mean, this game has, I don't know, what's 50-plus million player base or something like that across the world? At least, it's I would huge. think. It's <laughs> huge. This isn't Small Potatoes game. This isn't Indie Studio game. This is a massive, massive game that has to deal with, God knows, I mean, anytime they tweet anything they're on their Twitter account, like, the subtweets entered it. Well, what about the cheaters? Well, what about this? Like they were just talking about a new feature that they unveiled. Like, shut up. Like, I can't imagine the noise that this company has to deal with. So, so they're a little off before you continue. 50 million daily users. They have 400 million users. Okay. So holy pretty big, <laughs> pretty big. Like in the, in the grand scheme of apps and, and development houses that build and, and distribute apps to people, one of the largest apps that exists, I would I would imagine. I mean, this is massive, a massive user base. And it seems as though they have taken a liking to the Lenovo Chromebook Duet. And that's a big deal from a, an app developer that has every reason. <laughs> I could see it. I could see the Monday morning meeting. Hey, guys, we're getting a lot of flack from the Chrome OS community. Can we give it a little bit of attention or whatever? Uh, who's got a Chromebook? Hey, my kids got this duet at home. Yeah, can you bring that in tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That works. That's we'll, fine. We'll, th- at least we got one. one. Uh, Wait, where's PUBG Mobile based out of? Because mm. they're not the same as PUBG. They they have one house in common, but then they're one. PUBG Mobile's Tencent and Blue Hole. No, I think uh, Blue. I think Blue Hole is part of the original. Like they literally just license the ability to make PUBG looking stuff from. The, the actual PUBG right. Crafton Corporation. The, but their developer house is in, I want to say... Oh, I'm pretty sure it's developed in China. Is it China or Korea? Mm-hmm. Is it China? I'm pretty sure it's China. I'm okay, if sure it's Korea, really narrow availability of Chrome OS devices. If it's in China... Yeah, there's not much. They probably don't have a Chromebook. <laughs> yeah, Seriously, so. I mean, the, a lot of, a lot of uh, Chrome devices are made in and around China, but Chrome OS is... It's not in China, is it? Uh, I'm not really sure, but still, at the end of the day, Where? compared to the number of Android devices that are out there that they're oh, that they yeah. care about, I mean, it's a very, very tiny and minuscule amount, and so that's why this is more important. It's less about it this particular game being able to be played on a Chromebook. It's more about Chromebooks are getting popular enough that we're getting the attention of big developers that are deciding to look at certain Chromebooks. It may not be all Chromebooks, but certain ones. I mean, the Lenovo is clearly one of the most popular of the bunch right now. And say, hey, let's make sure the thing works as well as it can on that device. And I feel like they've they've done that now. It may be the only Chromebook out there that that's the case with. Um, you know, for, for what it's worth, we did put PUBG on the Acer Spin 513. And, you know, it clearly, it's it's not been worked out the same way that we're seeing we're seeing the same stuff that we see on most other chromebooks and i can say we see that that this kind of issue on all x86 powered chromebooks and maybe pubg will never bother with making sure i mean cross compatibility between arm and x86 for android development is has been there it's been there for a long time um there there are very clear paths for android developers to do that but again where's the incentive for them to care Where's the incentive for them to make sure that their app works on both ARM and x86? How many x86 phones do you have? Uh, none. Zero phones. So at the end of the day, an app developer that's building a mobile game that's meant to be played on phones probably just doesn't care that much about x86. And so for Chrome OS to come along and be 
at least big enough to get the attention for a moment of, of a developer that's as big as uh, the guys that make PUBG. That's important. Oh, yeah. Um, it's it's really important. And again, not, not for the sake of us to be able to play PUBG on Chromebooks, but because it hopefully is signaling a future where more and more developers are not just made aware that they can make their apps work really well on Chromebooks, but are incentivized to do so, to actually take the steps to do it. As Google makes that simpler, uh, as, as developers become aware, and there's more of a user base for them to be incentivized to go do it, like those are the things that need to happen for developers to start working. And again, it's chicken egg, uh, but it happens that I don't know whether the Chromebook the hardware is the chicken or the egg, but you know, <laughs> one of them's being made. No one know? knows. That's the um, thing. And so we'll call the the Chromebooks the egg. The eggs are are getting hatched, you know, and and so you know the chickens can come along now. And and so if if developers are finally seeing, oh, we have millions and millions of users here that. I think about all the number of kids that have devices, and I'm, I'm not advocating kids need to play PUBG. Um, but think of the number of kids that have devices that would play Android games on them when they're not doing their schoolwork on them that may not have phones, that, that have devices in their hands that wouldn't have access to something where they could play the games that they want to play on. Right. That's a massive audience that's growing, and those kids are going to take these devices and they're going to grow up and they're going to get these types of devices because they want to be able to play mobile games on their... You know, like the, It's growing in such a way that I think finally... Finally, it seems like developers starting to take note uh, of the of the platform as a whole, and so you know it felt like we've had the attention of you know Microsoft a little bit and Adobe a little bit, kinda. Um, but Don't maybe, talk to me about Rush. But maybe, maybe we're starting to see where hey, this thing's breaking through enough that those types of app developers are going. Okay, it's it's time to actually get serious about this. This was a pet project, or it was a thing we were like. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. You know, we'll get there. It's not core to your business. I get it. You know, we run a business. You run a huge business. If it's not core to your business, not core to your bottom line, sometimes it's easy for that stuff to take a back seat. It's just Absolutely. the way it is. Um, totally get that. But it feels like maybe we're we're just on the edge of the cusp of, of yeah. not being back seat anymore. Um, and starting to, for people to start seeing like, oh. I want to get in on that. Like MediaTek has seen that. We've, we've been talking about MediaTek. MediaTek saw that, I feel like, beforehand. It was like, yeah, let's get in on this. Nobody else is jumping in on the ARM game. Like, we can get into this Chromebook thing, and we can be good on Chromebooks and such a good fit that manufacturers choose us over others to make their Chromebooks with. And they're seeing the fruits of that now. And so as Chromebook expansion starts to explode a little bit, they're going to reap the benefit of that. And I would think that software developers could could think the same way. Like they could think, oh, yeah, that's an untapped resource over here. And, and there's a handful of, of them that are starting to do that. You know, these Chrome OS perks and these Chromebook perks, we're seeing certain games like, hey, you've thought through, this is what it looks like to make my game good on a Chromebook. Now we just need to get it in front of people and these Chromebook users and buyers that are looking for good games to play. It's like, oh, cool, there's a section for that in the Play Store that, oh, and, and I saw that on that Chrome Unbox site, you know, about that one game. That looks pretty cool. I'm going to get that. Or that one app that does video editing or this one app that does, you know, photo, whatever, you know, these apps that I just think we've only scratched the surface of what the potential of Android apps are on Chromebooks. And it's been four years and it's been a long four years because again, it just takes the hardware has got to be there, but then the incentives got to be there. The audience has to be there. And it's like, cool. Like 
I think we're getting there now to the point where it's it makes sense for developers to spend time to figure this stuff out. And that's pretty exciting stuff, all coming from, you know, higher frame rates on a, a silly mobile shooting game. <laughs> one little one little one little thing spurred all of this for Robbie. It's not silly. <laughs> I mean <laughs> it's not silly. It's not silly. <laughs> this is a big deal. Uh, I mean, it is interesting. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's like uh, it, all of these things have to line up, right? And, and, and for for all of this to kind of come together. And I mean, I know I know that our conversation with 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 John, you know, he indicated like there's a lot of developers that just aren't even aware of this stuff. And think about how many Chromebooks have been sold in the last six months, and how many new people are using Chromebooks. Like it's just that thing with the hardware and. I mean, think about how many kids in the school system are using Chromebooks. And just like back in the day, whenever we all had Windows computers and we went to college and we bought a Windows that's computer. That's just what you use. Right, yeah, that's what I'm used to. Like I do my, all my stuff on I'm that. I'm telling you, my kids don't know any different. Like, right. There's never a time in our house where they're like, okay, I need to, get, I need to go do that the Windows to get this thing. thing done. Where's the Windows laptop they can so do I can it actually... All. There's never a question. Right. It's not even like, don't you say Windows in our house kind of thing. Like... <laughs> They, they just <laughs> don't have any other frame of reference. They don't know. They don't care. Robbie, Here's the tool I Robbie have. Robbie puts his kids in timeout. <laughs> they say they want a Windows device. Well, and my, oh. son, my son already hates Apple, so I don't have to mess with it. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Fortnite did that. Fortnite did that. My daughter will say that to me. She's like, we don't do Apple in our house, or we don't do, and that's fine, but Braden will see something like that, and he's like, because he, he has this tiny little green iPod that was my wife's and uh, probably hasn't worked in a day i don't i don't even know it was a little squarish one it's it's rectangle but it's rounded edges and it's like a little bit limey or green i bet you it's the ipod i think it was ipod mini yeah sure like but it's about yay tall no it's about like that little little snicker to him it feels like a little cell phone yeah snickers bar so he's like i want a phone like this i'm like no you don't (laughs) not in this house you're not No, you don't. You're not getting an app. But yeah, I mean, all of those things have to line up. And and like you said, it's the incentive on the developers because like you said, they're they're running a business. They have resources and time. And I mean, heck, we know like when something's maybe not as lucrative as it as it appears to be in the moment, like that stuff can get pushed back. But now it's 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 beginning like they're beginning to see how lucrative this can be. Yeah. And, and that's exciting because the more of that stuff is available, the more attractive it is to consumers to right. buy. And like, it's all a it's circular a circle, thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just a matter of getting it into the circle to begin with. Right. And, and it feels like we're, we're in there now. And now if, um, if uh, Adobe would just put out uh, rush, I would be happy. Yeah. I don't know what's up with that, but you know, there's, there's even more going on, you know, than, than this stuff. Oh that's, yeah, absolutely. It's not just this, you yeah. know, we, we were going to possibly talk about Parallels, which we're, we're going to hold off on that. But Parallels became official. Uh, we got work, uh, like the stuff we're seeing with Borealis, you know, Steam, basically the, the custom Steam container that will allow Steam gaming to happen on Chromebooks. Looks like it's really darn close. Yeah, uh, that, like they're running it. They just, 
they haven't exposed enough for me to get it working but it and it's the same thing with parallels it's just they're building these custom containers that have the bits and pieces the chrome os with its virtual machines are capable of doing just about anything yeah crazy it's just they they've kind of closed the doorway to where you can't just tinker with that stuff that much but they're putting the bits and pieces in there so the stuff works perfectly yeah and so. and like that's that stuff lines up with uh, upcoming Chromebooks that are going to have way better GPUs in them. So like mm-hmm. all of our talk about ARM today does not negate the fact that there are great x86 options coming that are going to have like, right, that are going to have amazing. GPUs that'll push <clears throat> crazy good gaming, crazy gaming, so, video you know, editing. Borealis I mean, is going to introduce Steam gaming. Like you'll be able to just locally play some pretty good Steam and not games have yeah. to, and not have to stream it yeah no cloud You're, gaming no cloud gaming Again, necessary no no offense to cloud gaming i love it too but right. like, think about all these pieces that right are because of the chrome os market the way it is right now you can you can talk to 95 percent of consumers and you can go out and recommend a good device to them and not really consider whether or not it's armor 86 because in its current state those things don't determine a whole lot because they don't give you a major benefit. You know, if you're looking for the best Android gaming, then yeah, you probably right. want to get an ARM device. But down the road, it's going to draw a line between. It's yes, going to be it like, will. hey, these these x86 Tiger Lake devices, these are for people that want to Steam game on there, right? Or these are this is for people who want to run. A, a DaVinci Resolve kind of video editor on their device because they have the power to do it. So now you're going to, we're going to, Chrome OS has never been segmented as far as the, the consumer market. We're going to have segments in Chrome OS now. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's going to be awesome. Yeah. So. And I mean, same as like you were saying about uh, Snapdragon making their super high end chips, like the, their expensive chips. If you want those, you're going to have to go pay $1,000 for a phone. You're going to maybe have these Chromebooks now with these crazy powerful stuff, and you're going to have these super powerful Chromebooks that you know are going to cost a good amount of money, but right. they're actually going to be fully capable. Yeah. Right, right. It's not like, well, yeah, there's a thousand dollar Galaxy Chromebook, but it maybe it can't do the video editing or the whatever I need it to do. I mean, think about think about the Galaxy Chromebook's whole uh, thing. Swap out its processor for an X, an eight CX Snapdragon that has five G. And battery life and, and it, heat are no longer an issue. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and performance, honestly, dude, it's going to be pretty amazing. But like what Gabe was just saying, if you think about it in a, a year from now, the interesting part of that equation and how it will get navigated by manufacturers will be, yeah, that's great for all of those things. Those are great. But were you planning on doing the whole Steam gaming thing on this? Yeah. I Unless the, the containers change a lot in the next year. And maybe that's part of I don't I don't know I, I'm not sure but mm. unless the containers really change a lot like ARM lags behind on the virtual machine mm-hmm. side of things so the Linux support and stuff like that even with Linux specifically Linux applications a lot of them just don't have ARM architecture support on them so it's like will yeah. Borealis even work on right. yes yeah, I don't know because your most of your apps are ex- there there are ARM builds for some apps and and on, we had this discussion the other day ARM devices can use x86 apps in Linux because you can add that architecture to the container where the problem lies is will that container be able to leverage any of the ARM GPU yeah. horsepower uh-huh. because 
it's it's apples and oranges trying to work together. So yeah. I so if those but, I don't know borealis will ever be an arm thing. But so. again, like you said, creating segments like you'll be able to have those right. stuff. Like I'll have my do all arm, that over there, and then my arm device to carry in my bag. Yeah. And I'll have my X80, exactly. my Tiger Lake device to play right. games Boom. on. And if streaming gaming gets better, man, or I'll just play Stadia, and it doesn't matter what. Yeah, I right. use. There we go. But it's options. <laughs> right. It's exactly. all about options. More, more options, the better. I mean, better for consumers for sure. So. Folks, I think that's it for today. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Chromecast. Um, We're going to link everything down in the description, like always, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. See ya. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com, and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.